We started talking Wednesday night on uh, the issue of worship. If you're not on, here on Wednesday night, I don't know where you are, but you need to be here. The silence is deafening. John chapter 4 and verse 20. This issue of worship has been going on for a long, long time. During this series, we'll talk about even the Old Testament issue of worship. But today, it says in John chapter 4 and verse 20, Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and, the, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming. When you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father, you will worship what you do not know. You know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is a spirit in those who worship Him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Father, honor your word today. Let it come as a light into our path and strength to our soul. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So say we are talking about this controversy of worship. Today we read this text that Jesus' day they had controversy of about where to worship. Uh, there have been many battles in the church over the styles of worship. Every major move of God comes uh, that com that comes comes with a different sound. That I, in that I mean that it sounds different in worship. The moves of God have always been fought not from without but within. Because we never learn how to celebrate when God does a new thing. We want to hold on to the old thing. And so when the moves of God have taken place, such as the Azusa Street Revival, the church fought it because it didn't sound like what they were used to. Then the Azusa Street Revival, people were holding on to that sound, and then came the Healing Revival. And the Healing Revival sounded different than the Azusa Street Revival, and so people warred and resisted and said, that can't be God. Yeah. Right? And then they, the Healing Revival was coming to an end, and, and then we have the... Uh, awakening of the word faith and the word revival and and the healing revival fought the faith and the word revival because it sounded different and it's our immaturity that has divided us in the body of Christ if we, we would not break up into camps and different camps and we would understand that there is something that God is releasing into the earth and we embrace the God thing that is taking place that would, because God never does a thing and then stops, he always adds to what he's doing. And so he, he uh, you see, that all of these revivals, all of the sounds that, that have been released in the earth, they're not strange sounds right? They're just a different sound. 
And so we have to embrace and we have to understand that, that if we're not careful, that our preference will become our prejudice. And we will make worship about us and not about him. And so until, to, until today, we are raising up a generation of people in the earth that do not know the sound of heaven. They know talent. They know gifting. They know arts, but they don't know the sound of heaven. And I believe many of the issues of our own lives will be resolved when we return back to true worship. When we return to a place that we worship God as Jesus told this woman in spirit and in truth. Amen. I believe this. I'm not suggesting that everyone is wrong in their worship. I just uh, believe and I think that many are confused about what worship is. Amen. I knew it was going to be quiet today. I just didn't think it would be this quiet. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you better put your big boy pants on. We in big boy church today. Amen. It's, it's, about, it's about worship. It's not about our, uh, our thoughts. It's not about our desires, but it's about worship to him and him alone. Amen. So I'm not suggesting that our everyone's worship is wrong. We, we've just got a, a, an idea that is mixed up because when you get a true understanding of worship, it, you will not wait to come to church to worship. You will not just worship when things are good. Our lives will become a worship to him. Everything that we do should bring worship and glory to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Worship is not a side thing. It's not an extra if, if uh, do it if you can and when you can. But worship is the central theme in the scriptures. It's the issue of worship. And the highest calling that we have is to be a worshiper. I may be called to preach. I may be called to serve in the body of Christ as a pastor. But I do not consider any of those things higher than my responsibility to be a worshiper. How did I come to that conclusion? Because preaching is a response to man's sin. I preach because man has sinned. But had man never sinned, I'd still be a worshiper. Amen. When this life is over, I understand that, that I will cease to preach, but I will still be a worshiper. Because before there was sin, there was worship. And when the world is over, there's still going to be worship. Amen. I don't come to church to watch someone else sing a song. Pastor Jamie may lead me, but by God's grace, I'm going to join you, man. I'm not going to listen to you sing. I'm not going to watch you in your worship, but I am going to come into that and join in with worship and give God my best. My best may not be as good as your best, but I'm going to give him my best. I'm going to lift up my voice. I'm going to lift up my hands. I'm going to shout my shout, dance my dance, and rejoice in the Lord because he is worthy of my praise. Amen. The issue is not what you drive. 
The issue is not what you wear. The issue is uh, is no, uh, knowing that God has created us. And he has created us for the specific purpose of worshiping him. Amen. Worship is the issue. But you say, well, what's the big deal if I don't worship? What's the big deal if I worship or not? You see, we, we are confused that we think because we come to church, we have worshiped. But I submit to you that it is a sacrifice, but it is not a sacrifice until you give him your best. And your best is not just coming to church, but your best is expressing your gratitude to him. Amen. If you were to go, we're, we're, we're celebrating graduates today. If you were to go into a graduate waiting situation and you were to just show up and you were to sit there like a bump on a log. And they announce the person who had, you went to participate with has just graduated, but you don't celebrate that. How many know they aren't going to get you might as well just stay home and watch gun smoke. Come on, somebody. But it is in our, our, our time that we begin to celebrate them. We open our mouth, we clap our hands, we participate in the service, that, that ceremony that allows them to know that we truly are grateful for what they have accomplished. And so it is true that it is, it, yes, thank God, the Bible is very clear. Forsake not the assembling of yourself together in these last days, as the men, uh, many of us have. But he said, as you see that days approaching even more come to the house of the Lord. But the reality is it's not good enough just to come to the house unless you worship the God of the house. Amen. So what's the big deal? It's coming to church. You say, well, isn't it enough? But you see the absence of worship and the perversion of worship is what set all of creation off course. Let me say that again. The absence of worship and the perversion of worship is what has set all of creation off course. People ask me, Pastor, how did this world get so wicked? How did America get so far from the founding principles and the founding truth? I tell you today, it is because we have refused to worship God. The absence of worship. The perversion of worship has set creation off course. Romans 1 tells us what happens whenever we refuse to worship or pervert worship. Are you ready? Two people said, are you ready? Let's look at it together. Romans chapter 1 and verse 21. Because that, when they knew God, it wasn't a matter that they didn't know who they were worshiping, but when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish hearts was darkened, and professed themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image made like to corruptible men and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to an unclean thought and lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature. 
creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. How did it get so messed up? How is it that America has, in the world has become so sinful? Because they knew God, but they chose not to worship him. So what was the result? They became fools. I didn't say that. The Bible said that. They became fools. Believing themselves to be wise, they became fools. I mean, no, even in, and I'm not anti-government and, and all of that, and anybody that comes here knows that, but how many know that, that we've got some fools leading this nation? We've got some fools in government that think that they're so smart that they do not need to worship God. That they don't need to put him first in their lives. They've, they've, in, their, in what they have suggested themselves to be wise, they have become fools until the place that even our children know what they're trying to do is foolish. They took God's worship and they gave it to men. Can't get people to worship two hours a week. But they'll worship actors, athletes. Can't stand to worship 30 minutes, but stand in line all day to get a discount. Huh? Stand all day to get a signature from a sports team. The issue really is worship. It's quiet up in here today. Amen. You say, well, pastor, that, that, that kind of preaching will scare people off. Last time I preached like this, it'll run two families off. And if you can't handle it, then this ain't the place for you. But we're going to settle this issue called worship. I said, we're going to settle this issue called worship because we have, we have uh, taken it and we have stolen worship from God. Now you say, well, you just trying to run people. No, I'm not trying to run people. I want to love you. I want you to be a part of this house, but we're going to get it right. Amen. And I'm telling you today that God deserves our best. He deserves our worship and he needs to be first in our lives. Amen. And it's crazy how we have turned our worship. It's like, like, like the first book of here of Romans, it's talking about us. We've created these superstars and we worship them. And I, you know, and, and, and I ain't out being weird or scoping out, but I do look at Facebook every once in a while and I put stuff on there about the church. It's great communication, but it's amazing to me how many church folk get all excited about Sweet 16 and ain't saying nothing about their church. How we worship at the shrines of idol gods. But we ain't saying nothing about God touched me today. God helped us today. We come go into his presence and God ministered to us. He's an awesome God. 
You got to teach people to understand where they can find bread, where they can find hope, where they can find water. Amen. Hallelujah. And you see, I'm not, a, the issue is, it's not sports. The issue is worship. You understand. Amen. But we have put sports ahead of our God. Amen. And, and to the place that, that we've allowed it to become what we worship instead of the God. God wants you to enjoy. He gave, he gave you the abilities to play sports. He wants you to use that platform to bring glory and honor to his name. Are you hearing me? Amen. But I also want you to understand today that he is, that's wonderful. I want you to understand today that he has given us those gifts and talents to be used to bring glory to him and honor to his name. And it's not just in sports, it's just an easy one to be able to use. But in every area of your life, whatever God has gifted you in, he hasn't just gifted you so that you can uh, put that into your natural world. He has gifted you so that when it'll draw people to you and when it draws people to you, you can lead them to Christ. Amen. But you see, I, I love sports, and, and, and we were the first, uh, I believe, uh, we were the first church to sponsor a little league. Uh, last year, we sponsored one in Milton and one here in Hurricane, and we're uh, honored to have Brother Wayne. He's over one of the leagues here, amen, and, and uh, we uh, here in Hurricane and does an awesome job. And I got news the other day, by the way, uh, our team last year won the championship, and I understand we're in first place right now. Is that right, Brother Wayne? Yeah, hey, yeah, we bad. We bad. Amen. And so I'm not against sports. I love it. But, but I know that, uh, that because our kids, in particular Destiny, she, she likes playing ball. And so what I'm telling you today, I, I understand from, from being a parent that has children. All right? How is it that they can tell us on a Tuesday that our kid has a game on a Thursday and we don't miss it? But you know about revival three months ahead of time and can't get there. Mm. The issue is not sports. The issue is worship. Come on, somebody. Amen. You see, we, we, we are, we're... Our actions are telling, this is my concern. Are you hearing my heart today? My concern is as a pastor that we're telling another generation that church is a side thing. And if you have time and nothing else is going on, you need to be in church. My concern is that they will become so, so, confused that we worship God in our convenience but don't never go to him in time and make it a sacrifice that they will think that when they get to this level and they get on their own that they will only have to go to church when it is convenient for them 
But I'm thankful that my generation, my mama and my daddy brought me up that if you lived in the house, there, there, wasn't, no, there wasn't no question, are we going to church today? If it was Sunday, we were found in the house of the Lord. Amen. I know I'm old school, but I, I think, I think, and I know that we shift with times and we have to be, we have to be multi-generational and we have to connect with people, but there's some things that we need to shift back to because we've missed some things. And one of those things is putting God first in everything that we do. I know life goes on, right? I know people work and I know people go to school and I know people have busy schedules, but I have to wonder as pastor, does, does, does Wednesday night worship even come up in our calendar, in our thought? Even when we don't have nothing else to do. Are we sitting at home? Is it to either pass our mind that we could go to the house of the Lord tonight and hear a word from heaven and worship his name and give him glory and praise? Let's talk real. Can we be real? Is this too real for you? Let's talk real. How many of our kids are going to go to college on a scholarship? There's very few. Christy is, praise God, right? But how many are going to go? So is it really so important that we make every ball game? How many of them that go to school on a scholarship are going to go to the pros? Even fewer of them. But if they go to the pros... They still need to know that the ball game or whatever it is in life, or if it's a lawyer or a doctor or, or whatever they choose in life, that that is not their source. That it is Jehovah Jireh that is their source. So that we come to an understanding, if we go to the pros, if we get to the doctorate degree, if we get the lawyer's education, then praise God for it. We're going to worship him and praise him. But if I don't get it, I'm still going to give glory to God. I'm still going to praise his name. I'm still going to be all right because he is my provider. You see, this is the understanding we have to understand. If your child lives in your house for 18 years, you have 936 Sundays to show them that God takes priority in everything we do. 936 chances. And then they're gone. So we need to capture the moments. We need to take advantage of every one of them. And I know we're coming up on summer and all of that, and that's all good. You ought to go on vacation. You ought to have a life. Come on. My family and I, if God helps us, we'll go on vacation. I'm not saying we have to make it religious because that won't save us. 
But there ought to be something on the inside of us that says this is first priority and I anchor in that, I settle in that and there may be something comes up from time to time but you're going to find me in the house of the Lord. I'm going to celebrate and worship his name. Praise God because he takes priority in my life. Amen. It's not just about sports. It's about money. Amen. Go to work when we can't stand up. Huh? Take that overtime. I'll take it. Give it to me. Right? Hallelujah. So, so quiet today. We worship those things like that money is going to take care of us. When it's just a means to an end. But God will always provide. God will always provide. Put him first and all of these other things will be added to you. We watch TV for five hours. But can't read our Bible for 30 minutes. Two hour worship service becomes too long. What is the results of not worshiping or perverting worship to other gods? This is what I want to get to. You all right? Okay. Verse 26, for this cause, God gave them up to vile affections. Even their women did not, did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their own lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. The issue is not homosexuality. The issue is worship. 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, they gave them over to reprobate or worthless mind, to do those things which are not convenient. All of this come because they refuse to worship God. All of this sin entered in through the vacuum of worship. Verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, malice, full of envy and murder and debate and deceit and uh, whispers and backbiters and haters of God, despiteful and proud and boastful, uh, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents without understanding, covenant breakers without natural affection, uh, implacable, unmerciful who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in doing them that do them. Wow. All of this came into the earth because of perverted worship. Because people refuse to worship God. We've got backbiters today. Because people refuse to worship God, we've got murderers today. 
We've got the, the deceitful, you uh, deceitful and despiteful people. We've got proud uh, boasters and proud people, inventors of evil. How I many know you have to sit around and think wickedly to be able to come up with some of this crazy stuff that's going on in our world today? But I want to tell you today that it's all because we re- they refuse to worship God. And I submit to you that if it was that that caused that to come into the earth, then it also stands to reason that it can be reversed when we begin to worship him. Amen. All of this come as a result of refusing to worship God when they knew him. So it stands to reason if we want to ship this thing, we've got, we can turn it around. So if we want to reverse it in my life, then I must praise him. If I want to reverse it in my house, my house must praise and worship him. If we want to stop it in the church, then we have to be worshipers. The issue is worship. Amen. These lists of things are a result of no worship, perverted worship. All of these sins are a result of issue of worship not being settled. Because you can know God and not worship him. And set, and set all of creation off course. The issue is worship. Man will worship something. I said they'll worship something because we were created to worship. I've been in the jungles of Africa where they didn't even know God. I went to one village as the first white man they ever seen. And they, I asked him, so I know where to start sharing the gospel. And they said, I asked him to our interpreter, do you know uh, of God? Do you know who he is? And they said, we don't know God, but we know that there is a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but we've never met him or know who he is. With inside of us, God has put a passion and a, re- a desire to worship because we were created to worship. And so if we do not know him or we refuse to worship him, then we will begin to worship man. We'll begin to worship things. We'll begin, they worship trees. They worship the water. They walk, because why? Because inside of them is this desire to worship something. They know there is somebody or something greater than themselves. And in their ignorance and them not knowing who he is, that desire is still there. And they will begin to worship something. Man was not created to be worshipped, and that's the reason why when people start worshipping preachers and worshipping athletes and worshipping actors, they self-destruct and go crazy because man was not created to be worshipped. He was created to worship. And so I tell you today that whenever man begets, gets exalted, then they begin to fall. They begin to kill themselves. They begin to self-destruct because they cannot handle worship. Praise and worship will change a man but praise and worship does not change God praise and worship reveals God it reveals who he is in my life it shows us who God is and so when worship is given to God it changes us amen Jeremiah 2 and 5, thus says the Lord, what injustice have your fathers found in me that they have have gone far from me, have followed idols and have become idlers. 
In other words, he said, they worship idols and become like the idol they worship. So the scripture tells me what I worship, I will become like. And so therefore, whenever I worship, it cannot be worthless worship. It cannot be to something that can't heal me when I'm sick. It cannot be to something that cannot bring hope when I am hopeless. It cannot be something that has eyes but can't see, ears but cannot hear. I need to worship something that is greater than me so that it will bring me out of my sickness, bring me out of my difficulty, bring me out of my despair, and bring me into that presence which is able to give me answers, able to give me direction, and able to give me purpose for my life. There's no need of me worshiping something that's on my same level. There's no need of worshiping something that's underneath me. But I need something that when I worship it, I become like it. Oh, hallelujah. And so I I have to choose to worship him because when I'm sick, he's healer. (laughs) Amen. Whenever, whenever I'm confused in my mind, he's a wonderful counselor and the prince of peace. And so I become like him and I get, I get direction. I get purpose. You see, if your worship is superficial, if you're just worried about coming to church and people seeing you and, and people going through the motions of of the rigors of religion, then I want to submit to you that you will never encounter God. But when you praise him and you turn your, that into your praise is not a performance, but your praise is from your heart that I'm going to sing my song. I'm going to dance my dance. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. Then you begin to exalt him. You begin to lift him up. Amen. And everything you do is your worship. You see, we've got to get understanding that everything we do is worship. It ain't, Pastor Jamie isn't, he's a, he's a worship leader, but he is not the worship. Everything we do, what he does is worship for him. But I tell you today that Brother Wayne parking cars is worship. Greeting at the door is worship. Bringing ushering in and bringing up the ushers and taking up the finances. That's worship. When we sing songs, it's worship. When Pastor Matt and them do their thing with the driven, that's worship. When Pastor Eric is back there ministering, that's worship. Everything we do is worship to his name. It should lift him up. It should exalt him. And if it's not exalting him, then we need to sit down. I want to worship God because my goal is to become more like him. I want to be more like him. I said, I want to be more like him. I want his provision to manifest in my life. I want deliverance to manifest in my life. I want a way maker to manifest in my life. I want a problem solver to manifest. I want peace to manifest in my life. I want joy to manifest in my life. Amen. I want my marriage to manifest his glory. Amen. I want that cancer rebuker and that demon deliverer to show up and manifest in my life and know that, praise God, it's not I that live 
lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. And give him all of the glory and all of the praise for everything he has done. Hallelujah. So if there's no manifestation of God in your life, you're not worshiping him enough. I said, if there's no manifestation of God in your life, because for you to worship something you worship, you become what you worship. And so if you're not worshiping him enough, what he is will not manifest in you. But the very fact that I'm worshiping him, I should fully expect. I said, I should fully expect what he is to manifest in me. Hallelujah. I just feel like we all should just join hands and sing Kumbaya right here. Y'all are looking at me strange today. Come on. Amen. You say, who you mad at? I ain't mad at nobody but the devil. But I tell you, the enemy has confused us and messed us up until the church has become an entertainment center instead of a worship center. Amen. And we are going to, by God's grace, do everything we can with a spirit of excellence. If we can't do it with excellence, we'll not do it because it is, God deserves our very best. Amen. But I want to tell you, we're going to do that because God deserves it all. But the matter of the fact is that it, before there ever was lights, before there ever was sound, before there ever was a drama ministry, come on, there was worship. Whenever they didn't have a keyboard, when they didn't have a tamarind, they'd put their hands together. And they would begin to worship their God and he would reveal himself to them. Amen. Our ministry of worship music should never be something that takes our place of our worship. It should only add to our worship. Amen. You see, we got to praise him because when we praise him, he will manifest. Do you know if you want somebody to do something, you don't, you don't down belittle them you call the best out of them huh and whenever you know you hear your name there's something about your name that'll cause your ears to perk up when you hear somebody call your name oh even if you're not in the conversation but you just overhear your name you kind of lean in to see what they're saying huh if it's good, bad, or ugly. But I want to tell you that whenever you start hearing somebody sing your praises, when you start hearing somebody talk your name and, and say something nice about you or encouraging to you, I want to tell you there's something inside of you that'll come strong. Huh? If Renee wants me to take out the trash, she don't say, get up off the couch, you couch potato. Quit drinking that iced tea and get your work done. Because she knows that'll make me go and get the whole jug and sit down right there. Come on, somebody. Amen. But if she wants me to take out the trash, she begins to say nice things. I know it's hard to find nice things sometimes, you know, other people it's easier than others, but it's, but she'll start saying nice things. 
about how nice I keep the grass and how she knows how strong I am. It wouldn't be nothing for me to take out both bags at the same time. (laughs) And knowing the man I am, I jump up off of the couch, put on my Superman shirt Walk out the door with both of them. Come on. Can I tell you that God is listening for us today to cry out to him in worship because he so desperately desires to manifest his glory in the earth that he's looking for somebody, he's listening for somebody to call his name and praise, to call his name and worship and say, just God, I thank you that whenever I was at my life's end, when I didn't know if it was going to work out, when everything seemed to be against me and everybody walked out of my life, God, I thank you that your presence was still with me. God, I want to thank you that when I didn't know if I had a job or not, you came, came through for me and you provided for me. Amen. You became my substance. You became my source. You became my helper. And God, I just want to thank you today that I know that some way and somehow you're going to move in this situation as well. You're going to show yourself strong. I knew that I was sick, but God, you healed my body and you turned it around. And I just want to thank you today, God, for being a good God. I want to praise you today for being an everlasting hope and in the midst of my trouble you've been my comforter, you've been my shield, you've been my counselor, you've been my attorney you've you've been my hope and I want to thank you right here today that you are worthy of my worship, you alone are worthy of my praise I want to tell you when we begin to cry out to him like that, God's going to reveal himself he'll come into the midst of our situation how do I know? Because his word said he inhabits the praise of his people. Amen. And whenever I begin to praise him, he comes into that situation. Doesn't matter how ugly it is. Doesn't matter how troublesome it is. Doesn't matter if you got anybody else for you or not. He'll just show up in the middle of it because you called on his name. And he said, call on me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you don't know about. I want to tell you today if we'll call on him he will manifest himself in our life he'll manifest himself in our situation we've just got to pull him in with our praise and with our worship hallelujah God doesn't manifest because of religious gatherings and rituals he manifests where his name is worshiped hallelujah so my time is gone for today, but I just want to remind you, you remain standing, I'm done. But I want to remind you today on this day that the issue is not sports. The issue is not work. The issue that we have is not, not it is sin, but it's not sin. It's because we refuse to worship that sin has entered into the hearts of men. So if we want to reverse it, If we want to turn it around for another generation, then we've got to become worshipers. 
if we want the God of glory to manifest in humanity, then we have to begin to worship him because according to his word, what we worship, we become like. And so I want the tabernacle to be a place of praise.